Thank you for downloading from Digital Mindfulness. This is episode number 39. Welcome to the show. My guest this week is the founder and CEO of World.com, Joe Burton. Joe is the former president of Headspace and now heads up World.com, a digital mindfulness training platform to help people live healthier, happier and more engaged lives. Joe spent 15 years as a global C-level executive, running some of the world's largest advertising agency networks. He discovered mindfulness as a super-stressed executive after dismissing it as a definitely-not-for-me thing, and it absolutely changed his life. Stay tuned until the end of the show, where you'll have the chance to get free access to Will's mindfulness products for free. I hope you enjoy this episode with Joe Burson. So, Joe, welcome to Digital Mindfulness. Thank you so much for giving us some time this today, and um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your views about mindful business and technology, and also about your story. So, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Lawrence. It's my pleasure. So, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did? You, what's your journey to becoming to be working on um, mindful technologies, as it were? Yeah, so I, my, my journey to mindfulness was sort of uh, one of kicking and screaming. So uh, I'm a, you know, a stressed out type A corporate person. I, I spent most of my career in pu- the public company space. And uh, I think my, my story is like so many others where you know, I spent so much time focused on you know, success and being a driven professional uh, that I, over the course of time, I had this amazing career experience where I got to travel around the world. I became the global COO of a very large division of a public company. And, uh, you know, my career was sort of on, on the up. And I spent most of my time, you know, chasing money and stock and bonuses and, you know, the typical uh, indicators of success. And uh, when I turned about 40, what I, what I saw in myself is what we were experiencing in our company. And that is, uh, with our employees around the world, we were seeing people burn out from stress, anxiety, depression, um, you know, pharmaceutical usage, et cetera. And then uh, for myself, you know, I worked 12 hours a day. I tended to travel about 70% of the time. And all at once, it kind of snuck up on me where I developed insomnia, I developed asthma, my back went out three times in a year. It took me about five years to recover from that. And then I also had uh, things going on in my personal life that kind of caught up with me. And so um, I grew up the youngest of six in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, my father was uh, an unemployable alcoholic. And so as a, at a very young age, we had like the stress and anxiety that goes uh, along with that kind of home environment. And uh, we also had exposure to drugs and alcohol at very early stages. And so we had a lot of drug and alcohol addiction in my family. And so uh, when I turned 40, here I am, you know, the global COO of, a, of an advertising uh, agency, um, having all this wonderful success. And at the same time, I was having all these health issues. I lost one of my uh, older sisters uh, to drug abuse. She died of a heart attack at 45. And then uh, within uh, two years, I lost my twin sister, uh, to suicide, and she had been a heroin addict from for a long time, and you know both had been using drugs from very early ages, and so I found myself in sort of this life crisis of 
working around the clock, really driving myself uh, for success um, uh, that didn't really align with my like my personal values or interests. It was just sort of I was chasing money, and uh, my personal life was unraveling both with respect to my health as well as emotionally and dealing with um, uh, the loss of two siblings. And so I came to mindfulness really as uh, a last resort. And I, you know, I, I needed the help. Uh, I wasn't planning on slowing down. I knew my body was giving out, but I really came to the conclusion of, wow, I just need, uh, I need help. Okay. And so, um, the, uh, up until that point, I would have been one of those folks on the board that would have laughed someone out of the room for suggesting mindfulness or meditation, you know, for our employees. And yet when I started to get into a practice myself, what I found was, it helped with just a wide array of issues in my life, both personal, uh, from a health perspective, from a personal relationship perspective, from a performance and pers- uh, 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 and focus perspective. So, um, so I guess coming back then to Will, I mean, how did how did Will get started? Because um, again, we, we were talking in the pre-interview, but um, you've also got um, experience prior to Will in terms of working in this space? Yes. So I, I had the good fortune of being involved with um, Headspace uh, for quite some time and uh, was the president of the company. And the focus there was really on serving individual consumers. And that opened up an interest in me in serving uh, corporate communities. And so that's my background. That's where I come from. And uh, I think the, you know, for me, getting into a mindfulness practice has really kicked off this mission of how can we get these practices out to help people before they reach crisis. Okay. And so, uh, for me, uh, starting well was very much about sort of going back to my roots of serving organizations. Um, you know, I've been in the technology space for quite some time and building a product that not only helps the individual, but gives corporations what they're looking for. And so, most companies, uh, you know, we, I joke with every customer we meet with is, is they're looking for faster, cheaper, right? They want um, increased productivity. They want to lower absenteeism. They want to lower healthcare costs. And I think starting the conversation, just recognizing, you know, that as the uh, the elephant in the room, and saying, "Great, you know, we recognize you need to get that. That's the state of modern business around the world, but we really need to focus on your individual employees, right?" And so. Uh, we're interested in improving things like focus and memory and healing time, uh, cardiovascular systems, self-control, creativity, imagination. Uh, and we're interested in decreasing things like stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, PTSD. And the science shows if the individual gets what they're looking for, you know, the end result is the companies end up getting what they're looking for, right? So you can get the uh, the faster, cheaper, if you will. But the only way to do that is by giving employees the tools and the access to tools to help themselves to be healthier, happier, and more engaged in their day to day. I mean, this, this is great because I, I was having this conversation recently and it doesn't sound that what you're trying to do is to have people become meditators you know, it sounds more like you're focused on the solution in terms of helping people get what they want. And that is to be healthier, to be less stressed, to have better cardiovascular health. And then by proxy, the, com- the company will do better because the employees are doing better. I, I think so. And, and I think m- most people who haven't tried 
uh, mindfulness or meditation practice, uh, they come into the conversation with sort of these loaded notions of like, oh, incense and sandals and spirituality. And the truth is when you get in and you understand um, the, the scientific benefits of, for health and focus and performance, it's much easier to digest, right? And for me, uh, th- this whole notion of, you know, five or 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation practice a day isn't actually the focus of what you're trying to get, right? So the calm and clarity uh, and, and focus that you can get in that five to 10 minutes is just the beginning. We're very interested in the other 24 hours of your day, okay? And so how do you take that, um, that, that focus, calm, and clarity into all of your relationships, into all of your meetings, uh, into your personal life, into relationships with your children or your partner, uh, into your decision-making, right? And how do you take those practices into the other areas that really affect your health and your mental well-being, like sleep, right? And not worrying about the past and not worrying about the future, but actually just being in the moment. Uh, and we think most people, when they discover, oh, it's about the whole day and, and basically a lifestyle or a way of being instead of sitting in silence, right? Uh, they're open to trying these practices. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Will. Let's come on to Will. And so we've been talking, you know, about meditation and kind of like how this works, but what exactly is Will? What is the Will platform and what does it do and why is it so important? Well, first, let me just say it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the Will platform is uh, really for training, uh, digital mindfulness. And so we've, uh, we have a very collaborative model. Uh, we work with some of the best trainers in the world and we've created three programs. Uh, the first one is called now and, uh, it's 550 sessions of mindfulness, uh, and about a hundred sessions of yoga. And what we're doing is really trying to give people access to training mindfulness for exactly what they need in the moment. And so we've got, uh, a, a wide category and, you know, a, a search algorithm we ask users, you know, what is it you're, uh, you need help with in this moment? And that could be hard things like uh, stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, or it could be wonderful things like uh, intimacy, sex, creativity, imagination. And we have uh, mindfulness sessions that are a combination of video uh, where you learn about the science of what's happening in the mind and body, uh, controlling your emotions, uh, uh, relaxing your central nervous system, etc., and the science behind that. And then you get into meditation practices that are all set in intention. So it's very much a tiered learning system. We introduce one topic a day. Uh, Those topics build on each other. There are usually five sessions in each series. So for example, if you're you're practicing uh, calming anxiety, you'll go through uh, uh, a couple of videos and five short sessions, five to 10 minutes each, that really give you a sense of the, what's happening in the mind and body, the triggers that create anxiety, right, in yourself and how you can actually, you know, create triggers in other people, how to relax your central nervous system. And so when you go through those five sessions, you have a much better sense of the root causes, how anxiety works, and how to take control of it. Okay? Our second program is called Grow, and that's for teenagers. And uh, that has 500 sessions all about the modern teen experience. 
And so we interviewed over 200 teenagers about what stresses them out, what ruins their day, and what also gives them great joy, what you know, um, makes them happy in life. And uh, we've worked with uh, Holistic Life Foundation and IBME. These are two of the leading uh, organizations taking mindfulness into schools and created this really vibrant uh, experience for teens. So we've got a lot of uh, vibrant illustration um, in the product. Uh, once again, a mixture of video and audio uh, all around giving the teen exactly what they want in that moment. And that organization, uh, the organization of that program really focuses on things like self-awareness, emotions, relationships, sports and physical health, school, um, um, one-minute meditations, uh, and sleep training. Okay. And then our third program uh, just launched a few weeks ago, and we're super excited about this. It's the famous Search Inside Yourself uh, training uh, that was originally created at Google. And uh, the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute has now taught at over 200 companies around the world. I think they've taught in over 20 countries now. And that program is specifically focused on leadership skills and emotional intelligence, and uh, all set in the frame of mindfulness. So improving uh, relationships, um, uh, work, teamwork, collaboration, uh, and, and creating better leaders with these kind of practices. So those are our three programs. They work through uh, any computer or mobile device. And once again, we're, we're, we've kind of become famous for giving people exactly what they want to work on in the moment, recognizing that you know it changes every day and it changes multiple times a day depending upon... Uh, if you had a good interaction with a coworker or things are good or not good with your spouse or partner, depending on how, you know, if you have children, you know, as a parent, your best, your, your day is measured by how unhappy your least happy child is. <laughs> and, and so, uh, just trying to meet people where they are and give them practices in the moment, no matter where they are in life. I, th I think <clears throat> going, you said something earlier on and I thought it was just, like fantastic when you said that um, um, we're, we're not so much interested in um, um, what you do sitting down for your meditation we're more interested in the other 23 hours of your day like how you interact and and I think that's really crucial isn't it because I know that for any kind of practice um, whether you're an athlete or you know any kind of practice it's not so much what you do in the moment when you're actually doing a practice. It's generally how you live your life and your attitude to the way you engage with the world and, you know, and everything else. And I think that's a really excellent approach. Thank you very much. Let me just write that down. Fantastic quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the... <laughs> I like this. Thank you. I'll send you the clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I, I, I I really feel that way. It's the it's not really about practice, it's about game day. And you can be even if you're the, you know, the the best meditator ever and you know and you could sit in silence for an hour and then you went into your life and you didn't practice uh in your relationships, in your work and 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 actually create environments that are fun, better for yourself and others to be in, then what's the point? So it's really about, you know, how can you take mindfulness as a lifestyle? into what you do in your day-to-day -day. and i know obviously the platform um, that you've developed there it's very much data-driven and the results are measurable um, and i was wondering what some of the benefits a user will experience from using will 
in the medium to long term? Sure. So uh, first, let me talk a little bit about the data. Uh, we give the individual user a dashboard, and that gives them about uh, 20 points around their practice. Right. So uh, we encourage people to go through a full series uh, to really get closer to whatever issues that they're they're practicing around. Uh, they see um, uh, they're encouraged to do other training based on their interest, and so our search algorithm is is almost like Netflix. It's like because you like this. You're 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 also you know you're, you're probably also um, will like this other training, and so we want to keep people engaged. Um, the vast majority of our users say, "I just want to know what to do next," instead of having to look around and search and find. It's just sort of here's what I'm dealing with, how much time I have, and um, you know we give them six training options. The uh, the feedback we're getting from users, and this is consistent with the science uh, behind mindfulness is really that people are finding themselves less stressed, less anxious. Uh, they're learning for themselves how they actually create a lot of the drama in their own lives, right? They understand that they, that what their triggers are that set them off. Um, our, our sleep training is um, uh, uh, based in eye rest or yoga nidra. And so uh, that's our number one uh, our number one training is our sleep training. So people are reporting, I'm sleeping, you know, uh, uh, for the first time in years, I'm getting great sleep. And so that's really wonderful. Uh, for teenagers, um, we're hearing a lot uh, about how they're less angry. And our, our number one search uh, for teenagers right now is, I'm angry, I want to be happier. And so uh, when you've got tens of thousands of teenagers searching for you know, uh, common training at different countries around the world, I think there's a trend there about young people today and what they're dealing with. Our number one search for individuals, and, and our primary audience is uh, uh, professionals. So we deal a lot with you know, folks in technology and the digital space, uh, people who work in creative endeavors, um, engineers. Uh, we also have um, uh, a lot of clients in sort of the old manufacturing, automobile, um, uh, retail spaces as well. Our number one search there is, I'm overwhelmed, I want to relieve stress, right? In other words, the pace of living is pretty hard to keep up with. And uh, anyone who has a mobile device knows uh, mobile devices get better twice a year, right? But the brain doesn't. Like that. <laughs> The human brain hasn't changed in about 3,000 years. So the pace of living today is no fun. I mean, it's constant and... Uh, I joke a lot with we, we work with a lot of advertising agencies and and, company, and production companies that do marketing, and you know I'd like to joke with them and say, well, it's, it sounds like your employees are are suffering from your taglines, and, and they say, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, you're, all your taglines are like on demand, just do it twenty four seven, any way you like it, and you know that's great for pushing products, but when you're talking about like a human beings, man, that's that kind of sucks, doesn't it? It's like. Welcome to the company. We're on demand. Suffering from your tagline, that, that's really amazing. And I guess, I think this, yeah, this is really interesting point to me, I think. Like, do you, would, at will, in, in addition to the platform, would you have a team as well that goes into organizations and work with things like, um, like, say, corporate culture? Because a lot of what you're talking about, like, for example, people responding straight away to emails or answering every single call or working in noisy, stressful environments. A lot of this comes down to 
the particular culture within an organization. Is that something that you would deal with as well? Or we, t- we talk to companies a lot about culture. And so when we, uh, when we launch a program with Will, we go in and we talk about what they're already doing. And so uh, we don't recommend, whether you're working with Will or you know, thinking about bringing a live mindfulness program into your company, but we generally don't recommend br- introducing something new. In other words, introduce mindfulness to fit with what you're already doing. And so we have an, um, a, a number of our customers when we're talking with them and they describe sort of the symptoms of the problems they're having. They really come back to culture. And so more and more organizations, you know, unintentionally have toxic working environments. And when you think about that, uh, it makes sense because they're under constant disruption, right? And so it doesn't matter where you are. Right now, someone's trying to steal your technology, right? It's, it, you know, the Chinese have sort of created a, a government institution around stealing technology around the world. Someone's trying to turn your business into a feature of their business. You've got four different generations of employees working together for the first time ever. And guess what? They don't like each other. <laughs> they've got different language. They've got different expectations, different work ethics. And so it makes for a very interesting organization. But very few companies are stopping and saying, hey, look, we've got five or ten things going on that all add up to disruption. And that creates a, a working environment that's not great for our employees. And so we, uh, we offer these, these uh, programs through uh, our, tra- our digital training platform. But we also love to collaborate with live training organizations like Search Inside Yourself, like uh, Holistic Life uh, Foundation, like IBME, where they go into organizations, they do live training, they create community. You have different departments coming together uh, in ways uh, 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 to work together that they've never done before. You have people uh, who have worked in the same organization for 5, 10, 20 years and who have never met or spoken. And so we love the live training. Uh, we do a lot of keynotes um, around mindfulness as a general topic and other areas like disruption, like safety, and so forth. And all of these things relate to are people focused and in the moment when they're doing their job? Or are they, like most of us, stressed, anxious, and you know, spending 50% of their time with their mind wandering, which was an interesting study that Harvard University put out uh, two years ago. You know, they concluded uh, through some research, we all spend about 47% of our time with the mind wandering. And that makes people really unhappy. Right? We worry about the past. We worry about the future. We speculate about porn. <laughs> Whatever it is, wherever the, wherever the mind is wandering, it's not good for focus uh, uh, and cool, calm, collected professionals. A lot of this, though, like learning how to um, cultivate um, the ability to harness our attention, like that's really a skill and you know something that we train over time. And I was wondering, with Will or Soto, in your experience, how long does it take for people to start seeing the benefits of getting into a regular um, focused practice? Yeah. So I think uh, some people start to see it, it immediately, you know, particularly with something as basic as uh, sleep training, where you have someone guiding you for, you know, uh, 20 minutes into sleep, uh, which is a nice way of just letting go of thoughts. Other people, it takes about two to three months. And I, I know in my case, I was super stressed and, you know, I was not open to these practices as a starting point. 
And so it took me about three months to really get into it and stop sort of fighting it and understand, uh, you know, how mindfulness works. Um, you know, there's not a right or wrong way, but the sooner you learn to let go of feelings, let go of judgment, uh, and let go of, um, uh, uh, the things that we all create in our lives in terms of our thoughts, the easier it becomes. The, um, the big thing for me that really helped was really getting into the science of mindfulness and understanding how the brain works, you know, how we're all preconditioned to think and remember about negative feelings. We're all preconditioned to create, to take what happened and then add to it to make it worse in our memory, right? Than it actually was. And we're all preconditioned to let go of good things. Like they don't last, they always end. Um, and they're never as good in our memory as, uh, as the bad things are. Uh, in terms of how much we recollect and how often we ruminate and think about and revisit. And so the science was a big deal for me uh, as a, uh, you know, I, I started my career as a, a CFO before I moved into becoming a COO. And so I'm a numbers driven person. I want the proof. I want the facts. Um, it's one of the things that annoys the heck out of my wife. And, uh, you know, the science behind mindfulness, I think, is one of the biggest reasons that People have never thought about trying this or coming to it. Oh, I mean, just to go back to that, you, you mentioned you were talking about the reason you you started to talk about the reason why people um, are so stressed out. But I was really wondering if we can go into this a little bit more. Why do you think people and, spe- and I think specifically because you talked about teenagers as well a lot, but teens and professionals, people that use tech every single day and they're really heavily into the digitized um world why why do you think people are so stressed out particularly now i I think it comes down to a few factors one is um, mobile devices uh have become such a key part of our lives that we use them for everything uh and so while it's it's wonderful on one hand to think about global connectivity and always on and, you know, I have the world at my fingertips. Um, the truth is what comes through, um, uh, in my experience anyway, is usually the bad stuff. Like when you're connected to everyone, it's kind of like they have access to you for the, the biggest problem. Something's wrong with the kids. Something didn't go well at school. Something blew up at work. Someone's not happy. And I, I don't know about you, but I rarely get, I rarely get overwhelmed with messages saying like, man, I love it here. I love you. Everything's awesome. Life is good. Just wanted to let you know. And so I think that that kind of connectivity to the bad things at all times is not good. Um, to the pace of modern living is, is, uh, it's really hard and it's getting worse. And by that, I mean, you know, the statistics around we're, we're all hit with somewhere between 5,000 and 20,000 messages a day. We all get so many hundreds of emails a day, so many uh, texts a day, so many calls a day. Uh, we're all asking, being asked to do more with less, um, both at work and at home, right? Everyone's trying to stretch the dollar further, stretch the time further, get more for less. And so that uh, uh, that's really stressful. I think the bigger uh, the bigger issue too is just how our brains are wired, and so the science behind like how the 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 thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex works, and the amygdala, the emotional brain, is very interesting to me. In that, um, you know, when the the thinking brain works well, it's able to filter 
what's going on with the emotional brain. So you're able to think about things, be calm, cool, and collected in your response, and people are normal human beings. But the problem is when people flip out and lose it and the emotional brain takes over, uh, you know, that fight or flight syndrome, and, you know, people uh, uh, can flip their lid at work or at home, what happens is they become better. Science tells us we become better at doing things that we do often. Okay? And so if you're one of those people that kind of flip your lid over the course of time, you get better about going there, right? You actually develop those neural connections to flip out faster, right? You're like the bionic man, faster. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the, the science behind um, how we create neural connections to me is, is incredibly interesting. And I think it's one of the reasons that we're all addicted to our phones and to Facebook and to Twitter. And not that there's anything inherently wrong with any of those things. It's just our brains are wired um, such that we become really good at what we do most often. Okay. And so if you're a, a concert violinist or a pianist or you know, a, a, an amazing rugby player uh, uh, or a footballer, and you can kick a goal without even thinking about it. Uh, uh, or you can play uh, a concerto and it just, you know, the brain just works. It's because these individuals spend so much time where the brain just performs without even thinking. Those, those neural connections are so strong, they can just go there and perform in the moment. And um, the problem is most of us are not uh, famous violinists uh, or footballers, right? Most of us are stressed out business types. And what we train our brains to do is to be anxious, to be worried, to be depressed, to not sleep, to sit and, and, and worry about the past and worry about the future. And we actually strengthen those neural connections. We become really good at making ourselves unhappy. And so Anytime we have a little break in the action, like so let's say we're focused at work and we're doing, developing some code and uh, you know, we are focused in that moment, it's great. Then you have a break in the action and it's kind of like what happens? The mind immediately goes to what you're good at. Stress, anxiety, worry, regret, fear. And when that happens, what do we do? We reach for our phone and how do I fill that time with something else because stress, anxiety, worry, and fear suck. I don't want to spend my time there. I'd rather spend my time looking at Facebook and like people's greatest hits, like for what are people eating today? <laughs> uh, are, uh, uh, and so I think the, the, one of the reasons that we're all so stressed is because we've become, we've become very good at training ourselves to be that way. Right. And my, for me, mindfulness is sort of uh, the antidote. Uh, it's why don't we train ourselves to be another way? So we talk to customers, uh, big clients all the time, uh, companies like um, um, Microsoft and uh, eBay, University of North Carolina, and so forth. And we, we like to make the point, like, everyone's training their brain all the time. right? That's what the science shows us. Why not be intentional about it? Why not train yourself to be calm, cool, and in the moment instead of you know, distracted, uh, angry, uh, and unable to cope. So, um, <clears throat> what are some of the developments that you've seen in this space that excite you the most? So, um, a couple of different areas. I think one on the science and what's been going on with neural imaging is really exciting to me. And so, to think in the early 1980s, the very first study came out 
on uh, the scientific benefits of mindfulness. And in 2016, they're coming out at a rate of 80 per month. That is exciting to me. Uh, to see uh, uh, old school and new school organizations getting interested in mindfulness, you know, companies like uh, Google and Facebook and LinkedIn bringing this into their wellness programs to really help their employees uh, is amazing. But likewise, seeing organizations uh, uh, like uh, Walmart and Ford, uh, 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 Price Waterhouse, right? The kind of organizations that have been around for a very long time, bringing it in and also opening up to these practices, that's exciting to me. And personally, within uh, within our company, um, I'm I'm excited about all of our programs. But the the program that uh, I'm, I'm probably most proud of and most excited about is just the one for teenagers. So to get uh, to young adults early in life and give them life tools uh, where they can have access to just more health and happiness for their you know for the rest of their life, that's really exciting to me. And you know, I look back, I, I just think. Uh, I, I wish I found this uh, in my teens uh, instead of in my early 40s. Bessie, I was just thinking that as you were saying that that when I was a kid, you know, if anything came up for me, and of course, like I do, you don't know what it is when you're a child. You just think, you know, you, you don't even think, why am I so stressed? <laughs> you know, you just kind of like feel it, but um, you're just told to get on with it. You know, oh, don't worry about it. Just kind of go out and do something else. But um, I'm really interested. I mean, is there anything that you can share behind the research that you've done into teens? Because because um, you were mentioning that um, um, that you've done research into like what makes teens happy and what makes them anxious and how they can go about, you know, giving them tools that they can help themselves with. But yeah, what, ex- I don't know, what were some of the things that, some of the things that you found out in your research behind teens? Yeah. So we have a, um, a on our, our site, our company is at will.com and our teen, our teen product is at grow.will.com and we have eBooks there and uh, anyone in your audience can go and grab our eBooks on the science behind mindfulness. And um, one of the things that was so concerning about the science for uh, for teens and the research that's been done uh, primarily in schools is that uh, teenagers are um, share a lot in common with most other categories. And so, for example, if you compare what teens are experiencing with uh, stress, anxiety, uh, depression, pharmaceutical usage, uh, and unfortunately suicide as well, and then you compare those statistics at that young age to categories like what's going on in the corporate world, what's going on in universities, what's going on in the military, what's going on in hospital systems. It's alarming uh, that all of those categories share increases in all of these things that are really detrimental to health and performance. And at that young age, uh, it was shocking to me to see that teens uh, are, are suffering at the same rate as you know, people in their 30s and 40s. From things like stress, anxiety, and depression. So, the uh, our eBooks there cover a lot of the science that's been done in schools, and um, the wonderful thing there is to see, you know, improvements in grades, uh, uh, drop in uh, things like truancy and suspension, um, increases in uh, reported happiness, uh, even increases in performance for athletes 
all right, in terms of being involved with uh, sports at the high school level and the college level, the uh, you know the the science that correlates to all of these improvements because of mindfulness is just wonderful. And uh, as I say, your audience can grab our eBooks and check out so that we have like bite-sized chunks to make these you know fifty-page research documents uh, you know uh, one or two sentences uh, and. You know that uh, while the the statistics of what's going on with with teenagers is really alarming, um, I take a lot of comfort in what's going on in the space and products like Grow and the science behind mindfulness to help uh, young adults. Um, Joe, my um, my penultimate question is: um, What do you think is the most important human quality in the digital age? And how do we cultivate it? For me, it's, it really comes down to kindness. And within um, you know, mindfulness, uh, a lot of people will talk about empathy. They'll talk about compassion. And um, I think you know, all of these are important. But the ability to be kind to ourselves, right? to give ourselves a break, to realize that things uh, don't have to be perfect, right? uh, that life is pretty good as it is. And if you trust that it's going to get better, it does. Uh, uh, and then kindness to others and, and particularly because we, we primarily service, you know, professionals, the way that people treat each other inside of organizations is not great these days. Uh, and, um, a lot of organizations, uh, that we talk to have a culture that's all around faster, cheaper, just get it done. It's a very commanding culture, uh, that's, that's driven by, uh, the requirements of business right? But it doesn't have to be as rough uh, uh, as it is on the individual, right? And so kindness toward each other, opening up for teamwork, collaboration, fun, enjoyment as part of work, like, you know, to have that as an expected part of your work experience, I think is important. And that starts with kindness. And I think the best way to develop these practices, you know, for me, it's been, uh, you know, through mindfulness, and whether you're uh, doing live training and you're getting together in a cafeteria or a conference room, or you find uh, 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 an organization locally to, uh, to work with, you know, to create community, I think that's fantastic. If you're using digital product, uh, a digital product like Will, um, to get started, and even if you're starting with you know one minute a day or you know our one minute meditations, and building yourself up to three minutes or five minutes a day. Uh, I think getting started is the best way to be more kind to yourself and to others. And the science would suggest uh, uh, being a more kind and compassionate individual also has the the nice side effects of improving people's health, uh, focus, performance, sleep, and so forth, right? And so it's just you get that too, um, Joe, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the interview. Um, where can people find out more about you and your work? So thank you again so much uh, for, for having us. The, um, um, uh, your your um, audience can find us at will.com, W-H-I-L.com. Uh, uh, there you'll find our different products for um, adults, for teenagers, and uh, for leaders with Search Inside Yourself. Uh, 
And then I'd also love to set up and just give everyone who's listening uh, 60 days free uh, to our adult and uh, teen product. Uh, if you're open to that. Thank you. That'd be absolutely amazing. Thank you. All right, great. So uh, the way that would work is um, your audience can go to will.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T, and we'll set up our promo code. Uh, let's go with digital mindfulness, and that will give everyone uh, 60 days uh, to try out our products, and then you'll get the seven-day uh, sampler to search inside yourself for leadership skills. And uh, whether people subscribe or not, we have about 50 uh, free sessions that are always free to anyone. And, you know, our mission is just to get the word out and help as many people as possible. Oh, Joe, that's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I'm sure everyone will be really appreciative of that. Um, but, yeah, but Joe Burson um, of world.com, thank you so much for spending time with us. And thank you so much for the gift. It's truly my pleasure. And Lawrence, thank you for what you're doing. Um, I, I love the work and um, you know, I think this is important stuff. So thank you.